Good morning, everyone. How's it going out there? You doing okay this morning? Hopefully you are. Hope this finds you well. Stefan Mayet with you. AddedSouls.com is the website. I labor alongside the East Coast Church of Christ over here in New Brunswick, Canada. You can check us out at EastCoastChurchOfChrist.com. You can also find our Facebook page, East Coast Church of Christ. Uh, it's good to have you this Thursday, and it's our topical discussion day, right? That's what it is themed for, and you can check out the show notes and find the weekday podcast sessions there. Each day has its own ring to it. Please consider subscribing, following, liking, sharing, commenting, all of that kind of good engagement. It certainly helps uh, content move further and farther and reach folks just like you and I who uh, may find great interest uh in uh this information so um we're gonna pull up an article from our friends over at apologetics press once again and um we're gonna look at something over there that seems quite interesting we are a bit earlier this morning than usual it's 7 23 a.m over here right now it's because i have a few errands to run afterwards so i kind of had to get this in here a bit earlier so uh i am well aware that the viewership won't be with us sometimes we can get our viewership into the 40s or 50s sometimes 20s but when it's early like this obviously over here on the atlantic daylight time i'm well aware that maybe we're we'll just be five ten of us but uh the session does go into the archived location of course of my channel or my channels we do stream live all over the place youtube twitter facebook rumble all of that kind of good stuff and um <clears throat> you can also find the audio file afterwards on uh podbean spotify itunes amazon everywheres anywheres just look for added souls addedsouls.com the website has all the links there as well so yeah please consider signing up to addedsouls.locals.com i have to plug this in because uh through god's good grace your compassion your willingness and ability to partake and uh, uh support uh, the added souls ministry through the maya family and the work we're doing uh, with the east coast church of christ i mean it's it's very important and uh it keeps us going so please consider signing up to addedsouls.locals.com it's free to do so, but you can certainly support financially. Uh, and uh, that would open up, of course, some exclusive content for you. You can send us a donation through PayPal. And uh, you can reach out to me personally and get my physical address if you if you seek to send something. And that's, uh, of course, available as an opportunity to you. We're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 3, verse 15 in the article uh, from our friends over at apologeticspress.org. And uh, the article is titled, The Seed of Woman. As many of us commonly understand Genesis chapter 3, verse 15 to be the first messianic prophecy of the coming Christ and the insight that would take place uh, with the Christ. And uh, many don't believe that. Uh, several do not believe that. I've had teachers and preachers and various individuals uh, around the world and in the community who do not believe that Genesis 3.15 has anything to do with uh, a messianic prophecy. Some of us say it does. So this article, I think, may shed some light, point us to the scriptures, as always. These good brethren do that. Uh, and uh, so we'll just kind of read through it as we do. And uh, I'll share my studies, my thoughts, as our brother Dave Miller over at Apologetics Press 
shares his article. That okay? That good? Eh? Yeah? Okay. Let's go and see here. The Seed of Woman, David Miller, PhD. This, of course, was issued January 2023. I begin to read. A curious expression occurs in Genesis 3.15 that might easily escape the uh, notice of the inattentive reader. The verse reads, and I quote, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. This prediction is uttered in context by God in his remarks to the serpent, correct? Yes. What's peculiar about the prediction is the fact that the woman, presumably Eve, right, is spoken of as producing or possessing, quote, seed. Isn't that interesting? So the Hebrew term that underlies the English word in this verse is the normal word for seed that is sown in order to produce crops. An example, Genesis chapter 1, verse 11 and 12, which would tell us, let me check here. Uh, then God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees of the earth bearing fruit after their kind with seed in them. And it was so. And the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed after their kind and trees bearing fruit with seed in them after their kind. And God saw that it was good. So we see their seed and kind. Okay. So in this sense, it can also refer to human seed. In other words, uh, semen. As per Leviticus chapter 15, verse 16, verse 30, or, uh, and verse 32, and also chapter 22, verse 4. Now, by metonymy, the same term can refer to, quote, posterity, progeny, uh, progeny? Uh, descendants uh, or offspring, okay? So I, I think uh, the author here of the article, our brother Dave, uh, he wants to make sure we understand that study. So we continue and read, and it says, the usual nomenclature that has characterized much of human history has assigned the notion of, quote, seed to the man, not the woman. Prior to the discovery of modern genetics, a science that largely commenced by Gregor Mendel, uh, a 19th century Augustinian monk, if you will, now recognized as the father of modern genetics, popular understanding, uh, perceived the male as the primary, if not exclusive, contributor to the reproduction process. The woman was certainly an important variable in the production of children, so much so that she was uniformly blamed by male monarchs for their own failure to produce male heirs. However, her role was generally viewed in much the same way that an incubator is integral to the hatching of eggs. The prevailing perspective did not conceptualize the equal contributory role of the female to the, produ or to the production of progeny which is interesting and, of course, true to that end. So the circumstance was well stated by Reginald Punnett roughly a century ago. A British geneticist, uh, geneticist, sorry, geneticist, yeah, a British geneticist who co-founded the Journal of Genetics in 1910 
Punnett is probably best remembered today as the creator of the Punnett square, still used by biologists to predict the probability of genotypes of offspring. Okay, He authored the book Mendelism, considered by many to be the first textbook on genetics. Punnett served as a professor of biology and later was appointed the first Arthur Balfour Professor of Genetics at Cambridge. Here is Punnett's summary assessment of the popular misconception that prevailed prior to the 18th century. In quoting here from his work, Few, if any of the more primitive peoples, seem to have attempted to define the part played by either parent in the formation of the offspring, or to have assigned peculiar powers of transmission to them, even in the vaguest way. For ages, man must have been more or less consciously improving his domesticated races of animals and plants, yet it is not until the time of Aristotle that we have clear evidence of any hypothesis to account for these phenomena of heredity. The production of offspring by man was then held to be similar to the production of a crop from seed. The seed came from the man... The woman provided the soil. This remained the generally accepted view for many centuries, and it was not until the recognition of women as more than a passive agent that the physical basis of heredity became established. That recognition was, uh, that recognition was affected by the microscope, for only with its advent was actual observation of the minute sexual cells made possible. After more than a hundred uh, years of conflict lasting until the end of the 18th century, scientific men settled down to the view that each of the sexes makes a definite material contribution uh, to the offspring produced by the joint efforts. <clears throat> Unlike the prevailing misconception that characterized most of human history, the Bible demonstrated its divine origin by using terminology that harmonizes with now uh, better understood scientific truth. Right. So while also referring often to the seed of man, on one other occasion, God refers to the, quote, seed of woman, when the angel of the Lord reassured Hagar, quote, I will surely multiply your offspring. This from Genesis 16.10, and you can compare that with 24.60. The term, quote, offspring is the usual word for, quote, seed. Translators tend to render into English their own conclusions rather than allowing the biblical text to retain its original terminology. And of course, when that happens, we tend to find ourselves creating our own image of what we want to produce religiously. And uh, that would be a deviation from the author of the scriptures, the inspired texts, and the purpose therein for our minds and our lives today. So back to the article, it says, Indeed, someone might suggest that, quote, seed in Genesis 3.15 is merely used colloquially. Colloquially? Colloquially? You guys must suffer along with me, right? I mean, day after day, here I come as a Frenchman trying to pronounce these deep and uh, uh, complicated English words. Must be like shaking your head at me, you know. Ah. <laughs> oh, well, here we go. I'm going to try again. Is merely used colloquially. Colloquially? Okay. To refer to posterity. 
offspring, or descendants, with no intention of suggesting that the female possesses, quote, seed comparable to the male. However, observe that language would not use the term to refer to a woman's offsprings unless, or uh, offspring unless she also possesses literal, quote, seed from which that offspring could descend. So the colloquial or metonomical meaning rises out of and is dependent upon the underlying reality of the literal meaning of, quote, seed. Moses used the same term repeatedly throughout the rest of Genesis to refer to the, quote, seed of the patriarchs. Notice, quote, offspring or descendants, whether from male or female, must come from literal, actual, quote, seed. In other words, genetic material that combines to create another human being. This remarkable messianic prophecy, uttered at the beginning of human history and recorded by Moses 3,500 years ago, contains an uncanny allusion to an intricate feature of the human anatomy. Anatomy. Um, Such sophisticated awareness is inexplicable on any other grounds than the author of the book of Genesis was guided by a higher supernatural power who was responsible for the creation of the human body. That same creator has provided the world with an inerrant record of his intricate, incredible dealings in the history of mankind. And then we go to the end notes. A short article, to be sure, to be clear, from our brother Dave Miller over at apologeticspress.org, titled The Seed of Woman. And it's interesting in here, and again, as we mentioned in the introductory, some take the position that uh, Genesis 3.15 was not messianic, and some do take the position that it is. I would take the position that it is certainly a messianic prophecy, and that it can be defended that way. The article took a a direction um, I did not intend, certainly, but it was revealing to the fact bringing all sorts of thoughts to the study in regards to um, the insight of God in a time in which man had not the science we have today and looking at how God could have revealed such a, um, a true and real biologic uh, understanding. I mean, he's the creator. He created mankind in his own image, so he knows every intricate detail of our beings and what we do and how we produce, procreate. And um, in a world in which we live in today, so fallen, of course, and it's been fallen, obviously, since Adam and Eve chose to disobey, but in our uh, current culture has decayed itself away from God's system and insight and his pattern and plan. And uh, we find ourselves in a time where uh, individuals no longer know their genders. And so they would claim foolish things as if, Women can now uh, be men, and men can be women, and men can give birth, and men can bear children, and stuff like that. It's just nonsensical. It's not scientific. It's not real. It's not true. It's a myth. It's a, it takes a lot of uh, <clears throat> very, um, how should I say, it takes a, a grand manipulation. And, um, oh, there's words for that. Uh, it's just a grand manipulation of the human 
uh, uh, physic, uh, physical condition and appearance, you know, through, uh, they call it surgery. I, I think it's more along the lines of, um, you know, uh, oh, I can't think of the word. It's more like a slaughter, if you will, to try to <clears throat> make a woman look like a man and a man look like a woman. But it's so sad that, you know, we've gone down that path, but it, it's what happens when we choose to go away from God. And when we choose to go away from God, we no longer recognize the um, the image in the mirror, which was created in the image of God. And we begin to hate that image because it comes from God. And if we hate God, then we hate the image in the mirror, so we must hate ourselves. And uh, we seek to disfigure ourselves. We seek to change who we are uh, to become something else that we were not meant to be. And that forces, of course, a psychological malfunction of the mind, a mental disorder, uh, to which in our current generation and culture, our era, we've allowed to be promoted, encouraged, and facilitated. They are now the governing powers. It is now public life acceptance that uh, the deviancies and perversions of mankind have reached a level in which gender is no longer understood through the known pattern from creation, male and female. No, now we have a spectrum of all sorts of different categories, and you can be pretty much what you want to be. We have grown adults who think themselves to be animals. They have uh, locations in public schools in which they can uh, utilize the toiletries, the facilities into litter boxes or dog corners. I mean, it's... We've... <laughs> We've gone once again uh, towards the ancient world of the Gentile worldview, and it's it's sad that we no longer recognize the biological uh, cooperation between a male and a female, the only two genders that have been and will always be. And um, I think the article kind of puts that points that out in a in a scientific uh, model, with of course um, uh, history and literature. Uh, pointing to perhaps something we may might have missed previously uh, within Genesis 3.15. Though a messianic prophecy, it also holds something in there, away from the prophecy, if you will, and into uh, the function of our human condition. This is the reality of our life. We are subject to the natural realm, and we have been created with... Um, uh, a structure of our physical vessels to complement each gender, male and female. And uh, it's interesting that it can only uh, take place within those boundaries. Of course, science has allowed various other components to that end, but you, you, you do need the seed and you do need the soil. And uh, you do need the reception and both play a part to uh, facilitate that and um, God, in his infinite power and his knowledge, uh, saw it good to create us in a way that would allow us the blessing of coming together two as one. And, of course, receiving the pleasure that is with that moment and the joy and the blessing of a child uh, where it is applicable. Uh, in this fallen world, of course, there are uh, moments in which male and female uh, married together cannot uh, procreate and so they seek adoption services sometimes it is you know uh, matters of perhaps poor decisions in the past foolish sinful decisions 
or just the, the fact that it's a fallen world. Nonetheless, you do need a male and a female. And that is the truth of the matter. And um, though we live uh, in this fallen world and we live in our current modern quote-unquote science, um, these individuals who claim to be scientists or experts, and they're always so... Uh, they're... they're, they're <laughs> They're, they're, they're always ghostly figures like, right? You know, you don't ever get their names per se. They're just, we, we, you'll get the, the propagandist, you know, the propaganda uh, articles or, or news channels just be like, oh, so the experts say, well, who are the experts really? The experts say that a man, a grown man can be a woman? No, if that were the case, there wouldn't need to be all kinds of chemical castrations and all sorts of barbaric uh, surgeries and manipulations of the physical body and the biological way it functions. Uh, of course, this came about once we told ourselves there were no God. And that's something we need to, 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 you know, if you're looking for the source cause, why do we live in a current time here in the Western world uh, that we think that, um, you know, men can be women and women can be men and we can have all sorts of different genders why is it that we want to produce that in our children? Why do we want our children to be given into the hands of sexual deviancies and mental disorders? Why do we, why have we gone so far? What's going on? Well, you know, we told ourselves there is no God. We stopped thanking him for all the many blessings he had allowed us to have for his love, his grace, his mercy. We stopped thanking him in prayer and recognizing his glory, his majesty, and because of that, we further uh, dug the hole down and believing that there is no God. And then we, you know, of course, had to title evil as good and good as evil by saying that science, a good thing, is telling us that there is no God. God's a bad thing. So there is no God. And once that has been, once God has been removed from our households, from our minds, from our households, from everything in public life, um, it's only natural that the void must be filled with something else. And the something else is always deviant, it's always devil, it's always deceptive and evil. It, it, it is of its kind, it's fallen. And uh, the lie, the myth, has charmed the people, enchanted them into a collective uh, dystopian, zombie-like function that there is no God, we are our own gods, but we're less than animals, we're nothing but species, and we're worse than insects, and we must depopulate because the weather's changing, and we don't like that the weather is changing, and when weather changes, we have to depopulate the population. You know, it's just, it's the craziest stuff you can't, you, <laughs> it's the craziest stuff you'll ever hear, and it comes from the horse's mouth, by the way. They, they publicly say it now. It's very transparent in their plans and what they're doing. Well, that's why. If there's no God, there's no right or wrong. If there's no God, there's no male or female. There's no uh, uh, husband, wife, and family. There's nothing but chaos and destruction, division and pain, and sorrow. Um, that was not the intent of God. From the beginning was to bless us and have us at his good pleasure um, as male and female. Okay? And that's, the, that, that's it. Um, seed bears according to its kind. And um, humankind bears seed according to its kind. And it takes the structure of the male and the female to complement as two becoming one 
to have the opportunity and the privilege and the blessing to procreate. Uh, nothing's going to change that. You can hate on that. You can persecute it. You can murder it. It's not going away because it's bigger than you and I. If I go to the ground this day in my spirit to the maker, this truth remains tomorrow. It just is. And that's what these individuals who are so polluted by lawlessness, depravity, sexual deviancies, they're so polluted they just can't fathom the thought that there is an objective absolute truth to this reality. That there is, because they, they come from the subjective realm of isms. There is no reality to them. Their own reality is their own. It doesn't matter. Everything's subjective. There is no absolute truth. Two plus two can make any number you so wish. Mathematical equations is just in the eye of the beholder. It's nothing that can be solid. Science is whoever owns the whip can whip as the slave moves forward with the chariot. It's just, it's... That's why they find themselves so hostile against those of us who have the ability to defend and argue for the objective absolute. That's why they, they've shut down debate. That's why they just want to censor us and oppress us and tyrannically, uh, uh, well, remove us from earth. They've done this before. The cycle of history repeats itself. They can't deal with the fact that reality refutes their nonsensical worldviews. It's just grown men can't be dogs and cats. Grown men can't be women. And they thought, in their corrupt ways, that getting to us as early as possible is how is, is somehow going to make this uh, the, their truth, the, the oppression uh, on the people. Because they couldn't do it with us at an adult age, so now they have to go into our schools and get our children. They want our children for a purpose because they, they figure in their minds if we, if we cultivate a generation of youth that think like we do, which is truly pagan and heathen, it's filled with the isms, relativism, uh, 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 relativism. What's the other one now? There's a threefold giant. You know, like a <laughs> a three three categories put together makes this giant beast, this idol of isms. It's it's relativism, and there's emotionalism. But there's another one, and I forget I forget the isms now. I used to know them by heart, and they're what was going on there. Maybe it's because it's too early. But anyways, this beast of isms, you know, uh, they have to get to the youth real quick so that they can infiltrate their minds at a very young age. And they think if we cultivate a generation that adapts these isms as we have, then we'll be able to completely erase those pesky old uh, uh, traditionalist who think there's only two genders, you know. <laughs> the history of mankind, mankind through thousands of years uh, have allowed the scientific model, which is a tool, to observe that there has always only been two genders. It's a very destructive path. And that's why we are fallen nations. And that's why we are at the brink of complete annihilation at the hands of foreign threat and our enemies and also implosion against our own kind, our family members and neighbors. We've allowed the devil in. We stopped believing in God. 
Once that got to the textbooks in the schools, it was only it was but a sign that it had already infected the household, the home. That's all. Can there be a renewal? Can there be an awakening? Can we change? Well, yeah. Sadly, it seems to only happen once enough blood has been shed in the streets from our sons and daughters. We seem to be so hard-headed that we can't talk and have upright debate in order to seek the truth. No, no, don't want to do that. And again, we know why. Because it's indefensible. You can't defend more than two genders. <laughs> it's indefensible. It's, it's, it's ludicrous. It's delusional. It is. Why are we endorsing and promoting and encouraging mental disorders? And why are we voting as loyalists to political parties and policies that further, that further endorse and promote and encourage and enforce this nonsense? Hey, we have no one else to blame but ourselves. And that's the end of it. We have no one else to blame but ourselves. It's not God's fault. This is not what God wanted. God told us what he wanted from the very beginning. He created them male and female, husband and wife. The opportunities are there. I mean, that, <laughs> he made it very clear. And even someone who would choose not to believe in the Bible, believe in the God of the Bible, the living God, can still look back at history and see the human model and be like, yeah, there's only two genders. But now we find ourselves in a generation in which all facets of public institution is corrupted and enamored by the sexual deviancies of lawlessness? How did that happen? How were the Jews oppressed by the Romans in the first century? Weren't the Jews God's people? Wasn't God going to protect them from all enemies? It's the same historical, repetitive spiral downwards we always choose to make. Because we don't take responsibility and courage to expose evil, point it out, with a balanced and seasoned mind, action, and thought, and tongue. No, we cower away. We allow ourselves to be contaminated. We have even brethren, Christians, in today's uh, uh, world, in the church, who promote the woke left worldview. And they try to call it good, that it's virtuous, that it's righteous, that it's compassionate, that woke left ideologies and worldviews and policies and politics is for the greater good of mankind because it's, it's very compassionate, it's thoughtful, it's selfless. They call evil good and good evil. Hey, the rest of us have eyes. We can witness those outside who pertain to the woke left industry. We see what they're doing. They riot, they cause division, they murder, they cause chaos, 
They are filled with greed and racism, and they gaslight and project upon those of us who see the delinquency of their actions. When we have Christians defending that, we've dropped the ball. It's our fault. The wave of judgment and wrath coming our way quickly, it's our fault. Male, female, husband, wife. Lost that, haven't we? It's a mess. That's why we currently live in a country where speaking this kind of information can have us fined $25,000 or jailed for two years. They will come to our door, drag us away from our children, and put us in jail. In prison. Because we speak out against this lawless this lawless agenda which destroys our children. <laughs> in, in most simple, most surface illustration, they want to pervert our children. We say no. They don't want to debate it. They don't want to talk about what's right or wrong. So therefore they say, oh yeah? Well, we run government now. We run corporations now. We run academic institutions now. We run all of entertainment facets now. We run everything. We are in full control of it all. All the media. And we say, you shut your mouth or we're going to fine you to the ground or put you in jail. For daring to even entertain the thought that you would oppose child predators having access to your children in public schools. We are going to chemically castrate, violently and barbarically murder. We are going to do all this under the guise of legality. And we have brethren who vote for that proudly and defend it on Facebook, telling us, that the woke left industry and its lawless ways and policies is good and that we just all misunderstood what they really wanted for us. Hogwash. What a bunch of foolish nonsense. And so articles like this from our dear friends over at apologeticspress.org, The Seed of Woman, by our brother Dave Miller, it, it, it acts as a direct opposition because it functions in a logical manner. It reveals evidence and thoughts that infuriate a lawless world. Someone says, it's always been this way. No, it hasn't. It's always been fallen. There's always been sin. Yeah, I'm with you there. But America and Canada, it, it's lost its former glory. You'd have to be a completely blinded individual not to know that. The world I grew up in over here in Canada, 70s, 80s, 90s, even to my parents with the 40s, 50s, and 60s, it's not what we see today. <laughs> it's not even close. There was a public decency 
an upright responsibility to love your neighbor as yourself. The golden rule was understood and known. There was, there was moral uh, uh, behavior. And if, and if something evil were to surface itself among the neighborhoods and the communities, it was quickly pointed out and removed. We had to remove that cancer ASAP. Put that cancer in jail. Get that stuff out of here. We don't want none of that stuff here. We love to live in peace. We love to live in the land of milk and honey and have a warm meal. We love our privileges that are given to us by God. Don't tell me it's always been the same. We can't help it. Just, it just is what it is. That's, that's a cop-out. That's cowardly. We have responsibility. We have priority and we have responsibility. And there's a breach in the wall of the kingdom. There's a breach in the wall. We need soldiers at that breach to counterfight against this onslaught of nonsense. Where we are found here and now in an age in Canada and America, fallen nations... We find ourselves uh, 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 um, oppressed by a great heavy-handed tyranny telling us that we have to deliver our children to the hands of perverts. That there's more than two genders. That we're not allowed to defend ourselves and that we're not allowed to believe in Jesus and follow Jesus. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's dangerous. We live in uncertain times. So what are we going to do? I'm going to keep the faith, obviously. Going to persevere, going to keep speaking the truth for love of the truth and for love of souls that we're trying to reach. For such were some of you, Paul would say to the Christians in Corinth, who are enamored with all sorts of in their day LGBTQ movements. We have to do the best we can. It's all going to end soon enough anyways. Why the anxiety? It's all going to end real soon. Keep the faith. Persevere. We can do this together. There are faithful Christians on this earth. And we've counted the cost. We know what we must do and how we must go about it. Meh. Some thoughts, I suppose. Impromptu thinking <laughs> and thoughts for our podcast session this AM in regards to the seed of the woman. Producing according to its kind. Male, female. Both contributing to the wonderful blessing of procreation. And there's more than that, isn't there? God has allowed us emotional investment to find true contentment and joy, to be content with each other, to find joy in each other. Uh, in my past life, I sought to and fro for everything this world had to offer me, its excess, its lawlessness. And I swam way down deep and dark, down that bottle of excess and what the world had to offer me. I stayed there for many decades. It gave me no joy. It pleased the flesh momentarily, 
but it had no everlasting joy. It had no depth and purpose. No greater joy have I found but to follow my Lord and Master, Jesus Christ, who has allowed me to have a beautiful, faithful, loyal wife and three wonderful, beautiful children, smart kids. If I would have only accepted this earlier in my life, I would have certainly done so. That's what the devil wants to destroy. God's blessing upon us to be happily married, productive in the community, morally upright, with the blessing of children, protecting the most innocent among us, and cultivating a future for them as we live in peace towards one another as neighbors, proclaiming the good news of Christ and seeking to convert all who may be wayward and fallen, all who may be burdened by sinful beliefs and practices, to separate us from the bondage of tyrants, withdraw us from those toxic individuals and give us hope. The devil don't like that, do he? He wants to do everything he can to separate us and destroy family, destroy marriages, destroy churches, destroy friendships. That's what the devil does, and he'll masquerade himself as an angel of light to be trusted. He'll masquerade himself as a scholarly gospel preacher in the Church of Christ. And he'll produce his podcast, and he'll produce his, his uh, content, and he'll go to and far, and he'll do everything he can to destroy. That's what the devil does. comes for us from all angles. He's a roaring lion. He's seeking someone to devour. His selfish gain is always ambitious with devouring everything. We're, we have more power over him, though, because we have the victory in Christ. Do we not? We have victory in Christ the power of, his, uh, of the sword, the, the scriptures. We can defend ourselves. We can stand up for what is true and real. We must get organized. The unity of the church was set forth with a great many securities if we'd only tap into it. And I assure you, the East Coast Church of Christ has tapped into it. We are a beautiful, beautiful church. And we're learning this stuff and we're growing into this stuff. We're learning how powerful God, uh, God's word and his love and his grace, his courage, his armor is just a wonderful thing. You got to stand up against what's evil out there. Got to try to make it to heaven and bring as much people as we can with us. Even in a world where boys think they can be girls and girls think they can be boys and where we slaughter little babies in record numbers every day. We live in a very, very dangerous time. Very depraved and immoral. That's where the light shines the strongest. That's our challenge. Eh, I could keep going, sharing my thoughts. Maybe your thoughts are the same. Maybe we're like-minded. Or maybe you're seeing me through the lens of propaganda. Maybe you see me as a white supremacist, right? A racist, a bigot, a phobic something that must be squished, a cockroach, must be extinguished, must be fined and jailed. If so, if that's you, and I know a great many of you, you threaten my life every other week, I know. Why do you hate me so much? Who's told you to hate me so much? I'm your neighbor. 
I look just like you. I have eyes, I have a nose, I have ears, and I have a mouth. I have hair. Some of us more than others. <laughs> Why do you hate me so much? I don't hate you. I don't care which kind of skin color you have. What are you, crazy? I don't care where you come from. I don't care which kind of language you speak. Why do you hate me for? TV told you to hate me? TV told you I'm anti-science, I'm anti-this, I'm anti-that, I'm, I'm an extremist, I'm a terrorist, I'm a... TV's wrong. The Bible's right. Our corrupt government is wrong. The Bible's right. We don't need to be enemies. I'm not your enemy. We can talk. We can be friends. I'm not your... Just think about it. Just soak it in for a minute. Why on earth would you become so angry you'd be ready to murder someone because they've told you there's only two genders? It's all we've ever known. It's all we've ever seen. Why would you fault us for saying that? Why do you hate us so much? TV told you. Some very powerful, corrupt individuals with a lot of money have made sure that you have teachers to teach you all this nonsense, to have TV tell you all this nonsense, to have governments tell you all this nonsense, to have corporations. Everything around you has been designed to have you think about this nonsense and to want to murder anyone who tries to wake you up. The real woke. <laughs> Today's woke is just another sleepy dream. Man, there's purpose for us. We're not animals. We are loved. We were created with a purpose. We are loved. We can love each other. Sexual perversion is not love. It's not love. Abortion is not love. Homosexuality is not love. Friends, gotta wake up. We're in a bad spot right now. A very bad spot. There's a reason sin is flourished and, and public and now enforced in Canada and America. And I call, them, I call it Canada and America because we don't want to let the title go, but the description is long gone. Our former glory is, is way gone. I'm just saying, there's hope. There's hope in this dark world, man. There's hope. There's light. There's love. There are churches like the East Coast Church of Christ. I have to believe that. I know there must be. Where people love each other genuinely and are at peace, where we find peace from anxieties, tranquility, strength and courage, the truth, hope and goals, even in such a fallen world. Maybe you're on the East Coast. Maybe you're in New Brunswick, in the Hub City, Riverview, New Brunswick, Riverview, Dieppe, Moncton, or anywhere in New Brunswick, or in the Maritimes, PEI, Nova Scotia, maybe you're over here on the east, and you're looking to get organized, and you're looking to find a family. The East Coast Church of Christ is here. Reach out to us. We want to be doctrinally sound according to the teachings of our Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. And because of that, our Lord and Master, our King, our Savior, is teaching us how to be strong, how to love each other in such a hateful world. Maybe you're seeking freedom from the burdens of anxiety and the pressure of sin upon your life. Reach out to us. We can talk about this stuff. You don't need, we don't need to hate each other. I'm not your enemy. I'm not your enemy. 
We are not your enemies. All right, my dear friends, please consider subscribing, following, sharing the link far and wide, giving a thumbs up, comments. If you find any benefit in this kind of uh, material, please consider going to or signing up to addedsouls.locals.com. You can financially support this work, the Added Souls Ministry, through the Maye family and uh, the work we're involved with. Listen, it's it's there for you if you if you want to get involved. There are other ways as well. You can reach out to me in private and we can share some conversations, video chat or phone call or emails or whatever. Stay focused and stay positive. Okay? I know it's hard. I know it's difficult, but we can do this. Even in a world where men think they can be women and women think they can be men. Even in this kind of world, we, we, we can stay focused and we can stay positive. There are good things to see, and we have to thank God for those. Lord willing, tomorrow for our sociopolitical conversations. If not, we'll go towards uh, next week. We go live from Monday to Friday, early bird podcast session stuff. It's in the AM. Now, throughout the weekend, I go live on our um, Facebook page, Added Souls Facebook page. I go live in the evening with our brother Andre Moore for the Back to the Bible Q&A session, podcast session. And you can find me, uh, again, over at addedsouls.locals.com or on my personal profile on Facebook. I have Instagram. I have Twitter. You name it, wherever. Um, you can be in contact with me and the, cre- and the content we create. We love you. Again, you have purpose. You are appreciated. You have value. There's a reason you're walking this earth. We can walk together. All right. Till next time. Peace out.